glad you're joining us today for RC Teacher Talk, a podcast focused on amplifying the educator's superpowers in Royce City ISD. Listen as Angela Arledge and Lisa Poe chat with teachers. <clears throat> la, 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 la. Oh, the weather outside is frightful. It is probably a good thing I'm not in choir, but Happy New Year! This is Angela Arledge, and I am here with Lisa Pogue, and we are bringing you the first episode of RC Teacher Talk for 2022. It's hard to believe. It sounds weird to say that, doesn't it? Very weird. I don't know about you, but it always takes me like, I don't know, a couple of months to get the date oh, right. For sure, yes, yes. <laughs> But here we are, a brand new year. We're so excited to um, just get started. And so, Lisa, what are you looking forward to the most this year? Well, there are actually two things that come to mind. Um, the first one is hopefully getting to do some traveling. Um, we want to take a vacation in the summer and travel somewhere, which we didn't really get. To. We took some little mini vacations last year. We didn't get a big vacation, and then um, hopefully a summer ski, or not a summer ski trip, a winter ski trip that we also didn't get to do this year. So, um, That's so fun. traveling is hopefully going to be high on the list. And the other big one is finishing up grad school. So I will be excited about that. Um, it'll be this semester. Actually, I have two classes the first session. And so I'll be done before spring break. So I'm excited about that. Yay! And you'll be finishing up this year too, right? Yes, I will. I will. So um, I actually have, um, I'm in the middle of a class right now. And then I have two more. So I believe I'm supposed to be finished in like April. And, um, you know, Brad is also going through grad school. And he's supposed to be finishing in, I think, May-ish. And so... Sometimes I look back on this journey and I think, how in the world did we do it? <laughs> so I can't imagine you and Brad both doing it with three little kids. Yes. Or younger ones. So. Yes, it has definitely been a challenge, but we have persevered and kept pushing and oh there is a light at the end of the tunnel thank goodness yes yes for sure <laughs> but yeah so um that's some of the things you know that we're also looking forward to this year and um i'm just excited to get this new school year or i guess new semester started and see what everything how it all plays out i guess yes because it's been a weird uh, start to the school year you know coming back but um, hopefully, we'll just keep on trucking and we'll get closer to normal and things will be good. <laughs> yes, I sure hope so. The great thing about the start of a new semester and the start of a new year is um, just the opportunity for goal setting and to look at some of the great things that you know you could accomplish throughout the year. And so I know that you have some really great ideas of just so some suggestions and ways to help people really attain and reach those goals. What do you have for us today? Well, one thing is to really think about uh, breaking down your large goals, like sometimes, or in being a little bit more specific, sometimes we think about goals as, you know, I want to be the best teacher I can be. And that's just really broad. And so it's hard to think, okay, well, what does the, you know, the best teacher look like? So it's important to really think about, um, what it is that you, you know, see yourself as a goal, um, what, how you see yourself in reaching that goal. And another thing is to, in order to have more time for your goals, 
to build other smaller habits. So, and that seems weird, but if the more routines and habits we have, then it frees up our brain to be able to make more decisions because there is a real thing such as decision fatigue. And so if you don't have those routines down, if you're always having to think about, you know, where are my pencils or what clothes am I going to wear? Or did I do the laundry? Or now when do I go to the grocery store? Um, when do I grade papers? Oh, when are the pay? You know, all of those decisions cloud up your brain. And so if you start to develop really small habits such as putting the pen back in the cup instead of laying it down on, you know, I do that with my phone. I'm awful. I put my phone all over the house. Thank goodness for Apple Watch. But it is those little things if we're not having to think about it because it does, it takes me time to have to go look at my phone. For sure. And then it's taken, you know, and it seems silly, but it just takes, you know, time. uh, It frees up your brain to be able to make those other decisions to be able to have room to work out in your yeah. goals. I know a lot of people, which I'm not as big on this, but like a lot of people have the same exact thing for breakfast and lunch and stuff like that. And just keeping those routines, that way you're not losing that brain power yes. of having to think of what else, you know, what else you could do. <laughs> yes. And the other thing, and I kind of mentioned this earlier, is to think about who you see yourself as a person. So, you know, like a lot of times we say, well, I'm going, this year, I'm going to lose 20 pounds. And that's like the really big goal. And so how am I going to get there? But you can change yourself as, you know, I see myself as a person who's healthy. And then you think about, okay, what's one step I could do to get healthy? And it could be, you know, I'm going to walk 50 steps longer each day. (laughs) And, you know, it's just a small thing, but it's reachable. Yeah. And then that 50 steps could end up to you know, a hundred extra steps and, you know, I'm going to do one push up a day for four weeks. And then that one push up, cause I don't know about you, but a push up is hard for me, <laughs> but that one push up can lead to two push ups. Yeah. And so just instead of having this big outlandish goal, how do you see yourself? Be sure that your goals are values driven as yeah. to who you want to be as a person. And that let that drive how you behave versus just this, you know, open ended, goal because it's a lot less um it's easier to think about doing one push-up a day than losing 22 pounds or you know 20 pounds or whatever yeah and I don't know about you but I think I I find it so much easier when you have accountability yes so like with with a partner and actually I think it was last year maybe the year before I can't remember but you told me about an app um and uh you you actually like put money on the app but then you bet yes Yes. that's right they even have like it's I don't know if it's called food bet or so but they have one for tracking food too. I don't know. Oh, do that that's one, awesome. But they have that too. Yeah, so just having that accountability in some some way to you know, whether it be a partner or somebody that just holds you accountable makes things a lot easier too. It's helpful in those things that, you know, you know you need to get done, but just a lot of times end up on the back burner. Because well, all those little <laughs> things can get in the way. Yes. You know, the, all the little things. And sometimes we focus on the wrong thing. Yes. We don't, you know, and 
You also have to realize if you're going to add something, you might have to let something go. And yes. that's okay. You know, you can't just keep adding things to your plate because if you think of really a plate, like eventually the food's all going to fall over. Right, you know? and right. You, you're only capable of so much yeah. as a person. And so what can you let go? What are you spending time on that's probably not as important um, as, you know, something else? Right, right. All good things. Yeah. Yes, for sure. So... How, what do we do? Because we are so busy. We have so many things. I mean, Angela, you have three kids. You're, you're going to grad school. You have the Chrome Squad. I mean, so obviously you're the definition of busy. So what do you do to make sure that your busyness is more effective and that you're not just adding to your plate? So one of the things that I really try to focus on is just making sure that I'm being busy with the right things. Um, and that can be very challenging. It can be, for sure. <laughs> um, you know, just, just really prioritizing and thinking about challenges and where you're spending your time and energy. So for instance, um, I do have three kiddos. They're a lot of work. <laughs> Um, they're busy and so just making sure that they are my priority and that I, you know, for instance, when I leave work, that I make sure that I focus in on them um, and that my phone isn't a distraction or different things like that. One of the things that I really tried to do is tell them... I have to admit, one of my guilty pleasures is watching TV. I love watching TV. So I just, and at the end of the day, I'm tired. And so I have to tell myself, okay, the TV doesn't turn on or the phone doesn't turn on until 7.30 or, you know, just set a specific time just to really make sure that my busyness is actually dedicated to those priorities, like my family. And so your kids... I know y'all have something almost every day of the week, right? Oh, not, not quite. Yes. Is it? <laughs> yes, it really is. It's so crazy and busy. I don't know why I do it to myself. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you, so like when you were, um, like say one of your kiddos is at gymnastics. So is there anything that you do during that time to help alleviate, you know, what you have to do later or as far as spending time with the others while they're in a class? How do you like juggle all of that to keep focused on your priority? So it's funny you mentioned that because I actually got in trouble at gymnastics last time because um, I got out my computer and I was working while Evelyn was at gymnastics. And afterwards she said, why did you even bring that computer in? Because you didn't even pay attention to me. And then I thought, I really wasn't paying full attention to her. And so I think a lot of times, um, especially like as educators and stuff, we try to juggle so many things at one time rather than focusing in our attention on that one specific thing. And so like on in, in situations where I can fully be present, I try to. So the last time we went to gymnastics, I closed my laptop and I watched every move that they made. And in the car, we talked about it and it was, you know, it was great because I was able to really focus in on her. Um, And so that's another thing is just making sure that you're not doing a million things at once and that you're focusing in on that 
priority at the time. Yeah, there's a lot of talk about multitasking, but people really can't truly multitask. Yeah. You can't spend, your brain can't really focus on a bunch of different things at once. Like I'll catch myself when I'm doing homework. I do like to have sounds, but if I'm reading something, I need to have sounds that aren't people talking. Mm-hmm. So I'll have classical music playing. Yes. I don't like silence. But if I have a song playing, even if it's a song I don't like, <laughs> I'll realize I don't remember what was just what said. Read. Yes. You know, or what was read. And so, you know, um, I don't know what was, you know, talked about because this song is distracting me. Yes. Or, you know, the TV's distracting me or whatever that noise is. Yes. So and it's, it, it's hard to multitask. People think you can, but you're not doing one or the other right. effectively. Right. Well, so let's get to our guest because I know a lot of times that's really what people, who people want to hear from. Yes. <laughs> so who's our guest today? She's pretty special to you. She is very special. So our guest today is uh, the first teacher that we're interviewing outside of Roy City High School and her name is Sarah Mead. And she is a science teacher at Summers Middle School and she's my sister. And you will find very, very quickly that Sarah and I are in almost a very creepy way. We sound identical. The way that we say things, uh, the way that we laugh, that is the first thing we hear out of everybody's mouth is you sound so much alike. So we're going to have to make sure throughout this podcast that we specify who's actually talking <laughs> since you can't see us. But um, this is her first year in Roy City and she came from um, Plano ISD. We're so happy to snag her and a little bit of information about her too. She is pregnant with her first baby. You get to be an aunt. Yes, I'm beyond thrilled and excited. She's not finding out what the gender is, so um, we'll be surprised in June. And um, But she just, one of the things that I love about her as a teacher, and I get to see this on a daily basis with my kiddos too, is that she really brings that curiosity to the world around you and makes you want to learn more. And her kids are so engaged and adore her. And I just cannot wait for you to find out a little bit more about Sarah. Well, let's talk to Sarah. So tell us a little bit about yourself, Sarah. I know Angela knows a lot about you already and has you know most of your life or all of your life, I guess, because you're the younger sister, right? I am the youngest, younger sister by seven and a half years, and I'm sure she already previewed this with our voices are exactly the same, so <laughs> you might um, struggle to tell us apart, but yes, I am a fifth year teacher. This is my fifth year um, in science, and I've been in a different district, so this is my first year in Roy City. I am teaching sixth grade science where I've been teaching seventh grade. So lots of newness this year. Um, I just celebrated my first year anniversary with my husband. (laughs) And I have- And you still wanna keep him around? I wanna keep him around. (laughs) He's pretty great, kinda like him. And um, yeah, just, I am pregnant. I'm sure that, <laughs> that, came up too. That, that came up too. So that's exciting. We're looking forward to that. It's going to be a summer baby. So 
Lots We're of new adventures. Yeah, lots of newness this year. You do have a lot of new adventures. <laughs> and tell what else you do outside of teaching. Raw, raw, re. Oh, I do. <laughs> I do have that too. I am also the cheer coach here at Summers Middle School. Yes. So it's so much fun. We get to do all kinds of awesome things with the cheerleaders as well. So, so cheer is, runs in the family too. It runs in the family also. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. I, I didn't have any other choice but to be a cheerleader. <laughs> I'm sure my sister had me flipping in the backyard since I was four years old. So. <laughs> probably. Being seven and a half years, she was probably more like a, a little mom, huh? Exactly. She was my cheer coach, my mom. Yeah, she raised me, as she, as she will say. <laughs> it was all me, all me. So, well, um, like I said earlier, you are the first person to interview um, outside of Royce City High School. So, we're really happy to be here, and here we are. Uh, Lisa and I traveled over to Summers Middle School today and um, to be here with you. So thanks for taking the time to meet with us. Of course. Yes. It's an honor. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah. I'm excited. So one of the things that we're trying to do new with the podcast this time is um, we're going to have a question of the month, and that's going to change every month. So um, we do produce the podcast biweekly, so you and another person will have the same question, and that's what we're going to start with today. Awesome. So the question of the month for this month is, what advice would you give teachers entering the field of education? Well, you know, I've heard a lot of people, um, teachers before me say, you know, you've got to start the year off really strict and tough and stern and um, then kind of ease up by Thanksgiving break. Uh, but that's just not who I am. I am, I have, you know, expectations and I have structure in my classroom and that is enforced. But uh, as a teacher, I wanted to make sure that I'm always fun, enthusiastic, silly with my students. I want them to be able to laugh when they come into the classroom. And I want them to just know that I'm a person. I'm not just their teacher. So um, I want uh, my students to feel like they can have a great time when they come into the classroom. So my advice to teachers would be to keep your enthusiasm. Um, just don't let it you know, bog you down with all the things you have to do or to feel like you have to be super strict or tough, but to be enthusiastic, to be silly with your students, uh, to be fun and just have a good time. What are some of the silliest things you've done with your students? <laughs> <laughs> Tell well, them about what we did at the beginning of the year. When you recorded your video. Oh, I did. I did a rap for my intro video for my students. So it was just kind of a video that I made for the students to get to know me. And I made a rap for them and recorded um, myself in my home, in the classroom. Oh, and fun. it was a lot of fun. And you did that for Meet the Teacher, right? Yes, that was for, for Meet the Teacher night. So kind of as the students were just getting to know me. So I, like I said, I wanted to start off the year and I wanted the kids to know that I'm, I'm energetic, I'm enthusiastic, and I like to keep that energy. Welcome to my classroom. Can't wait to meet you all so soon. Let me introduce myself. I'm Miss Mead, not Miss Mean. It's science that gets me hyped. Isn't it cool? Hubbard's Day and that you're going to learn a bunch. And this is a class you can't touch. I told you all, you can't touch us. Yeah. And then something silly, just the other day I have a word wall in my room and it's really high. And so um, I have to jump up on my counters to 
uh, put my words up on the wall. And the other day, all my kids were like, oh my gosh, you're so tall. And so they said, you should just teach from up there. So I did. I stayed up on my counter and I taught the class like that. I walked back and forth along my the side of my classroom and every single eye was on me the whole time. There you go. <laughs> every single eye because they were like, oh my gosh, is she really teaching she from her countertops right now? <laughs> what is, what's going to happen next? Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Did, did that rumor spread with your other students? So, I mean, like other classes. So they want all the classes. Wanted well, it was you to do eighth it? period. Okay. So it was the end of the day, and uh, I don't think it got back around to the other students. But that's fun. it's something they could all expect. They would none of them would be surprised if I did that. <laughs> well, it's definitely you know the brain craves novelty, so that you probably really did get their attention because mm -hmm. it was something new, wasn't expected, and yeah. you know shake things up a little bit. So good for you. Yeah. So it sounds like you have a lot of teacher superpowers, but what would be like the one thing you would say you're really good at as far as being a science teacher? What makes Sarah's superpower? Well, I wouldn't say I have a superpower. I'm just trying my best. I'm doing what I can. All teachers have superpowers. <laughs> and, but I would say, and this is something that has been important to me since day one, even um, thinking about becoming an educator, I thought, you know, what kind of a teacher do I want to be? And the most important thing to me is I want to make sure that I inspire my kids to stay curious. I want them to want to know about the world around them. I want them to... Um, wonder why is the grass green and why are the clouds the way they are I just want them to 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 wonder about the world around them I want them to be curious I want them to want to learn so that's what I try to instill in my students every single day and uh, I am a science nerd yeah. and so I have an insect collection in my classroom that I have collected over time <laughs> And I get students asking me about it all the time. Oh my gosh, are those real? <laughs> yes, they're real. And they're like, oh my gosh, how did you catch them? And that's just a conversation. We don't even talk about insects, but that's a conversation that I love to have because live they're interested. Insects, <laughs> well, they're not live anymore. Okay. <laughs> well, that's what I was trying to figure out. Like, does she have them? <laughs> they're over there. Yeah. But they are real. They were alive yes. and I have collected them. And, and just that, that simple thing can spark so much conversation of how did you catch them? Well, where did you catch them? How did you find them? And just, I just want them to be curious about, about everything. I want them to want to learn. I want them to want to know just how, how the world, world works. Uh, so that's what I try to instill in my kids. And um, I feel like I see that over time. They get, they get more questioning. They want, they want to know uh, why things just work the way they work. One of the things that I've learned in, you know, I've never actually seen you teach a class, which I should come over and watch you, you sometime. <laughs> but um, I, I see it constantly with my girls at home is when they ask you a question, a lot of times, a lot of teachers tend to just jump straight to the answer. And instead, you prompt and you respond back with another question. Mm -hmm. um, and that kind of gets them thinking deeper mm -hmm. and um, have that more meaningful learning. And so um, I just, that's something that I've really noticed about you. And Well, it's easy to give an answer back. And um, in my brain, the way it works now is that's how pretty much all of our students learn now. And it's because we have a cell phone or a computer right. where when they have a question, they find the answer instantly. So 
what real learning is going on there? Probably not a lot. So that is what I want to, you know, really give to my students is that ability to actually think about things and to build those connections instead of just getting that answer inst instantaneously and then probably never remembering it again. Right. So that's, that's really important to me is to really try to dig deeper, try to get them to problem solve, um, to think critically because it's, it's difficult nowadays. They're, yeah. they're not bored, right? Yeah. So, so boredom to me is one of the most important things a kid can be because that's when they think. Yeah. That's when they're more creative. That's they when have they to come think, up with right? Things. Exactly. Yes. So I had, um, you know, when I have students that come in for detention, which really doesn't happen very often, but when they do, I come in, I, they come in and I have them sit there in silence for 20 minutes yeah. and that's what they do and yeah. they they don't have to write me a letter they don't have to do anything but just just be quiet and to me that's more beneficial to them because it gives them a time to be quiet and to just be alone with their thoughts yeah and what other time in a day does do our kids have to do that right they don't have that time right how do They're, they respond after they do that they are so different. I, I literally had a teacher come up to me um, the other day after my students left my classroom for detention, serving in detention, and she goes, what did you do to them? And I said, <laughs> what do you mean? I didn't do anything to them. And they go, they came out different kids. I don't know what you did, but like they came out like they really thought about what they did. They really <laughs> thought about what they did. And, and I'm going to tell you right now, I don't think any of those kids are going to be getting a detention from you again. <laughs> right. I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything. So I just think I just think quiet time is just really important for our kids too. Yeah. 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 It, it, quiet time is hard for me. I feel like I have to be doing something all the time. I so know. it's something I'm working on. So I've, actually, that's a really good thing that you're having them do. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm... I had a little boy my first year teaching and he talked all the time but, and so he was in trouble and he was in for whatever reason and he was sitting there tapping and tapping and tapping and I didn't have him do anything either he was in first grade and all of a sudden he's like Miss Jobson I love you <laughs> so he just couldn't be quiet <laughs> he had his hand on it. <laughs> that is too cute uh, that's, that sounds like something every would do. Yes. Well, and like, I'm, I like quiet time. I like to be alone with my thoughts. When I go on walks, I don't bring music along. I yeah. don't bring anything. I go myself, and I like the sound of nature. As you can tell, I'm a science nerd, so I just like the sound of nature. But I think. Yeah. That's when I think. And, you know, sometimes it's kind of hard because I know my husband, he likes to have constant background noise, too. So... Like when um, we'll go on walks together, a lot of times he likes to have music. Or yeah. even when we have people over, he likes to have background music. And I'm always like, turn it down, turn it down. Like I want to just <laughs> enjoy this conversation and just, you know, not have distractions. Yeah. So big fan of quiet time. Yeah, <laughs> quiet yeah. time is good. Yeah, for sure. And we just don't have enough of it. We don't. So that's... My quiet time has classical music in the background. <laughs> <laughs> well, when I was studying in college, that was the only kind of music I could ever yes. study to. I could never, ever study to music that had words because I would want to sing along, yes. right? So, so I, you don't know this, but that's like what we actually talked about in the pre-talk really? for, for this that's, episode. That's it. That's yes. the way. That is too funny. Well, and that's why, too, you know, sometimes my students ask me, can I listen to music while I work? And 
every once in a while I let them, but for yeah. the most part, I say no because it's a distraction and they might not realize it. They might yeah. think yeah. that it's helping them, but you know, if they're listening to words in that song, they're thinking about that subconsciously yeah. or not. Right. 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 I've even read that if you listen to like classical or, you know, like instrumentals of songs that you know that you shouldn't do that either mm-hmm. because yes. you're saying the song. Yeah, exactly. Even though they're not singing, you're mm-hmm. saying them in your brain. Yeah. So that's interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. So you gave um, good advice to teachers that are entering the field of education, but what is just some advice that you would give just any like fellow educator? Um, So I think that one thing that is so important to me and my life is uh, I want to be involved with the school. I I say yes to a lot of things, um, but it is important to maintain a healthy balance of work life and home life. So you have to find that time to turn off work when you get home. So I want to make sure that, you know, I, I, I'm as, as involved in the school with my students, with my coworkers as I possibly can be when I'm here. Uh, but at, at a certain point, there's a time when you just got to say, okay, it's time to turn off. It's time to go home. You know, let's have some quiet time yeah. or uh, family time, just something other than going home and grading or going home and thinking about what we're going to be doing the next two weeks. I just have to have that time to decompress and reset. So my best advice would be be to really focus on making sure that you are um, maintaining that balance, that separation. And then uh, the other thing I would say is to uh, make sure that you're getting to know the people around you. And and this kind of goes along with the the separation, the, the school life and the personal life. Uh, my mentor teacher, when I was student teaching, one of the most important things that she ever taught me was don't work through your lunch. She said, don't work through your lunch. That is your one time a day to not work, to have adult time, and to just, you know, reset. That's your one time a day. So I can probably count on one hand the number of times that I've ever worked through lunch. And it's, it's not a lot because I prioritize it. Uh, every day when that bell, that lunch bell rings, I'm like, this is my time, my adult time. Mm-hmm. And it's not time that I have to talk about, you know, planning or uh, students. It's my time to go in, have adult conversations, talk about each other's lives and families. And uh, it's really important. You're getting to know the people around you, which also creates that sense of belonging in your school, too. Yeah. So that, that's a great advice. And I know that's one thing when we went to power hour at the high school you didn't we didn't have as much opportunities to have mm-hmm. team lunches mm-hmm. and we all really missed when the English department all had lunch together and the laughs and the conversation and it felt more like a family mm-hmm. and uh, so I, that's great advice that your mentor teacher gave you yeah, yeah. and you know just thinking about um, just that that time where I think so often that we get so wrapped up in what we're doing that we but we often close that door and sit in our room and work and get things done but you're building like you said that sense of uh, camaraderie with your teammates and stuff and it just makes life more enjoyable mm-hmm. when you have you know a team that you feel like you can communicate with and get to know them outside of work, it makes work a lot more fun. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And when you tell yourself, I have to get this done right now, 
and you you have to feel like you feel like you have to work through lunch to get it done you'll get it done yeah you'll get it done if it's important it'll get done. exactly <laughs> it will get done you just have to make time for yourself and like you said to to build those relationships with the people around you not just with your students obviously that's key to being a successful teacher but you have to build the relationships with the people that you work with as well right yeah for sure and just one more thing to kind of tag team on that too you know i think it's so important that we remember like our why and a lot of times like our why obviously is because of students and stuff but nobody wants to come to a job where it's you know not enjoyable and not fun so Mm -hmm. i think that's great advice for educators is to make sure especially like that first year Mm -hmm. you know when you don't know anybody on a campus Make it a point, set set a goal, make it a point to get out there and start to, and not even just your department. Right. Like find people around you that um, that will, I, I think that'll make a huge difference. Yeah. That's so. a part of just being involved too, right? Yeah. Just say yes and volunteer to help out with things. Don't do it all the time, right? Because yeah. you need time for yourself and your family, but, but be involved for sure. I know when I came to the high school from the elementary school, because I was at Scott Elementary for nine years okay. before I went to the high school. Like the day before we had, you know, supposed we were supposed to come back, I was like, what have I done? Like, <laughs> who am I going to eat lunch with? Yes. I know. I, I felt the same way. Yes. Like being a student all over again. Yes. And it all, you know, flow, you know, ended up flowing together. Yes. And, you know, we had a really good team. Mm-hmm. But it was it's a little bit scary it's intimidating. Right? you know it's it's good to kind of remember to put yourself in the student perspective too yes. or when you have a new teacher on the campus making sure you go out and reach yes. out to them yeah and that i'm glad you brought that up too because veteran teachers that are there really take that initial step to reach out to those new teachers and stuff because they like you said they are probably in that student's position where they're nervous they're intimidated they don't know anybody like mm-hmm. that is hard to step up and say Hi, I'm Angela. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Can I eat lunch with you? <laughs> Even as adults, we're so, worried about yes. fitting in yes. or getting along with people. So Yes. Yeah. Great advice. Yes. So one of our things that we want to do as a podcast is to share ideas out with other teachers, not just give tips. So what are your go-to technology tools? Well, as you have heard many times on this podcast, um, I am a big fan of G Suite. So I use all things Google a lot of the time, like probably 99% of the time. Same. So uh, I use um, interactive slides. I use interactive um, just docs. And I just use all, all, the, all the time. I use Google. And then I also like Nearpod a lot because mm-hmm. um, I think that – you know, there is something to be said about a PowerPoint or a presentation, but when we bring in that interactive piece, uh, I think that it really, you know, ca- captures those kids' attentions and attention and engages them better. Yeah. Okay. The novelty of that, too. Yeah. Doing something different. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Rather than just standing up and talking, they get to be interactive with you on the presentation mm-hmm. and different things. So yeah, Nearpod is a really it's great tool. Fun. They, there's all kinds of cool things that you can add in there that are that are so interesting to them. You know, there's uh, virtual field trips. A lot of times in seventh grade science, at least, we did a lot of life science. So there was all kinds of virtual field trips that they could put in, you know, I could put in the Nearpod and they could scroll around and it was like they were in a specific location. Oh, that's neat. And they were so interested in that. So there's all kinds of cool things that you can add into your Nearpod. 
But I do have to ask you something, though. This is the most serious question of the whole podcast. Uh-oh. Because this is going to tell a lot about you. Which do you prefer, Google Docs or Google Slides? <laughs> I know you're a Google Slides person, so I'm nervous to answer that. I use them both all the time. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. <laughs> oh, I had a teacher come into me today, and they're like, oh, my goodness, this formatting on this Google Doc. And I'm like, wait, wait, wait. Did you just say Google Doc? <laughs> <laughs> that is your problem. <laughs> I know formatting is really difficult yes. on Google Docs, but I think it's probably just a um, – weaning of Microsoft Word because yes. that's what we used our whole entire lives. Yes. So it is a good go-to for, you know, regular typical documents. Yes. But especially with science, I'm sure you're probably constantly moving things around mm-hmm. and doing things. So a lot of times I'll have and with within one lesson I have one Google Doc and then something to go with yeah. it in Google Slides. So it's so kind of bounce a combination. Off each other. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like it's to me when you add like you're trying to add visuals like something you want your students to do in a doc you know it just Mm -hmm. never it never goes where you want it to go yeah (laughs) you know I'm having to do the blogs for the my graduate school class and it's the same way you can the pictures you can't move them all around and so it's difficult it gets longer and longer so I actually did my code in a published google slide this time I'm like they can just look at it because it's like I want it I want it lined up and you know to do all these things and it doesn't yes I know I know well I guess I'll accept your answer then (laughs) a little bit of both (laughs) so um You have given us a lot of great information about uh, lots of just creative things that you do in your classroom. Is there any particular place that you reach out to to find innovative things to bring into your class? I wouldn't say there is a particular place. Um, You know, in my last district, I got a lot of good training on how to, you know, create interactive technology pieces. So I usually try to start with thinking and, and planning with my teammate, um, you know, with the end in mind, how can we get this to be really fun and um, engaging for the students. So I try to write a lot of the curriculum that, you know, I give out to my students. But of course, there are days that are more difficult than others. So um, I will just use a, su- su- a simple Google search, mm-hmm. um, Pinterest, Facebook groups, and uh, we have an awesome uh, resource here called STEM Scopes. So STEM Scopes is a science uh, program that we use that has all kinds of really good resources that we can can use. Oh, that's good. Yeah, it's great. Even in the ancient ages before all the Googles and things, when I graduated from college, our professors told us not to like rely on your textbooks to use them as doorstops. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I had a great science methods uh, class because, you know, elementary, uh, we had to take all the classes. So, but even in all, my reading class, math class, we were told, so, you know, I guess it's the same thing now. Don't go to Google, try to create things your own. Mm-hmm. However, there's, we have so much more, I mean, I can remember having to cut pictures out and stuff like that, mm-hmm. but now you can just create such beautiful things because mm-hmm. of the Google. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. And there's so many great resources out there now. Yes. I mean, there's just really no reason that we shouldn't be sharing with each other. Yeah. Um, we're all in this for the kids. So yeah. whatever is, is the best, most effective way to get those kids to the point that we want them to, that's what we need Let's to do. Let's do it. Yeah, yes. for yes. sure. And thankful for companies like Google who do put a focus on education yeah. and have things out there and, you know, keep asking questions about what could, you know, I actually filled out a survey today on 
you know, what can we do better? So I, that part's really cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you gave great advice on keeping balance, which kind of goes with the other thing mm-hmm. we were asking teachers to do is like, what do you do to take care of yourself? What's your self-care? Because it is one thing that teachers often put to the wayside. Yeah. And with the, you know, trauma the last couple of years, living in a pandemic, and it just doesn't seem like it's going to be going away. Anymore, so. <laughs> just um, keep hanging around. Different uh, variants keep coming yeah. back. <laughs> so what do you do to be sure that you're taking care of yourself first? Well, uh, my favorite thing to do is to be outdoors in nature. So just a simple walk or to find trails. And I do have two fur babies so that are very high energy. <laughs> so they need, you know, time to go out and, and walk or throw the ball. So I love doing anything with them. My husband and I just moved into our house this summer. So we do a lot of DIY projects mm-hmm. around the house. That's really fun for both of us. Mm-hmm. We get to work together. Um, and then I prioritize my relationships with my family, with my husband, and uh, with my friends. My, I still see my friends from college regularly that don't even live in the same metroplex. You know, I have friends in Dallas and Houston, and they're my sorority sisters, and we still get together, oh my gosh, all the time. Like, I know that there was a six month period that I saw one of my best friends once a month for six months in a row. This was just like, a couple months ago and I'm now a lot of my friends are, are also having babies so we will get to see each other a lot coming up but I prioritize those friendships I make time for that so um, it's important to me to maintain those relationships and uh, you know have things to do um, outside of work uh, yeah. and I also love to travel that's my favorite my favorite thing to do mm-hmm. so that is important for my husband and I to make time to you know, go on trips and, and travel. And I've, I've figured out this last year that uh, I think I'm more of a mountain girl than a beach girl, so. Me too. <laughs> it, it, I, I found this whole interview very interesting because to our listeners out there, Angela and I record the intros before we record <laughs> with our guests. It just makes it easier. And so much of what you've said flows completely <laughs> into our intro because we talked about that, like prioritizing you know, having your big things that you make sure you do because then those little things went in. So it's just been very interesting yeah. to see how it, you know, was just meant to be without I kind of think we're the same person, but in different bodies well, almost. we do spend a lot of time together. And we do live right around the corner from each other. Yes. So we see each other often. Yes. And awesome. one of the things, I, I think I might even heard this on a podcast the other day and I liked it. I think I'm even going to start using the term like with my own kids. You, you talked about like being outside in nature and they called it green time. Okay. So it's like taking, you know, a certain uh, amount of time during your day, even if it's just like 15 minutes, mm-hmm. like calling that green time and uh, going outside. Yeah. And like, I think in the podcast that I was listening to, they talked about how a lot of times they'll even like take their lunch outside I like that. and eat lunch outside yeah. and that's their green time. Um, and so I thought when you said that, that made me think of, of green time. Um, so make sure you get your green time yeah, in. <laughs> absolutely. I love to go out on our back porch and, you know, have, I don't do it during the school week, but on the weekends have my breakfast out on the porch or mm-hmm. just yeah. have a drink or, you know, when it's warm outside, I'll sit out, you know, by the pool to even do yeah. my homework or whatever. 
have a dog jump on me. I have a high maintenance. <laughs> she understands <laughs> yeah, that. <laughs> run out the door. <laughs> well, we know you are a very busy gal, and we appreciate your time. And um, you've really given us a lot of great information. If somebody out there wants to reach out to you, how would they go about doing that? Uh, they can send me an email. My email is sarah.mead at rcisd.org, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is S-A-R-A-H dot M-E-A-D at rcisd.org. I would be, you know, ecstatic for anybody to reach out. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we have enjoyed this visit, or I know y'all get to visit a lot. I've enjoyed getting to yes. talk to you for a little bit longer today. So thank you for, for joining us. So, you Sarah, you want to come over for dinner? Or? I'll be there at uh, 6. Okay, sounds good. I'll bring the chips and queso. <laughs>